your source for community. Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. Good morning and welcome to Arts R Us. I'm Noreen Mitchell. I'm here in the studio with my co-host Karen Cassian. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Noreen. And we're so pleased to welcome with us today a textile artist who is a maker of art quilts. Her name is Dale Tomlinson. Good morning, Dale. Good thanks, morning. Thanks I'm pleased for joining to be us. here. Thank yeah. you. We don't have many fiber artists, so it's very nice to have somebody with that medium. And Noreen particularly likes fiber <laughs> artists. So she's a fiber artist. <laughs> I became aware of your amazing textile artwork, a vibrant art quilt called Shenanigan Six, when I attended the Max Spring Members Gala Show on Friday, April 14th. I was really struck by it, and I said, this is a standout piece, and so I asked Executive Director Nicole Mitchell, Mitchell uh, Kitchen, rather, sorry, Nicole Kitchen, about um, this work and who it was, and that's how I came to know who you were and wanted to find out more. Well, that's why you're here today. Now, then the quilt did its job. <laughs> it did. It I did. saw it this morning for the first time, your quilts, and they're stunning, like stunning, stunning. I and, love and you. And that particular work won the Craft Ontario Community Award. It did. So how does that feel? That felt amazing, unexpected, and I'll say even more meaningful to me when I found out that one of the jurors is Hillary Clark Cole, who I have admired from a long time ago. And I believe the other juror was Penny Varley and a student, which I think is just a fantastic opportunity for a student Mm -hmm. to go through that process so I was very very and, and you know many Penny Varney from her uh, long time participation in the Miss Coca Autumn studio tour right <laughs> you had mentioned that you're very much influenced by those artists of Muskoka I am I grew up in Bracebridge and my mother was very interested in the arts and we went to the first autumn studio tour which I think was probably 52 years ago It was an amazing experience. I just was so struck by the passion of these artists and the beauty of where they worked. And they were demonstrating glass blowing and throwing pots. And in the early days, because there were so few people, they didn't expect so many people to show up. I still remember to this day, one of the artists had chocolate fondue with green grapes and pound cake. Oh, <laughs> wow. Noreen and I have this been is on a, a few of them, and they're, they're yeah, this is the special. life for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the show that was on then has been followed now by your solo show, yes. Seams of Expression, and Karen mm-hmm. loves that title. I love the title, Seams of Expression, yes. How did you come by the title? Well, f- for people who don't know about my textile art, they are quilts. And quilts, of course, are sewn together, hence seams, so it's spelled S-E-A-M-S. And expression because this art is how I express myself. And you do it so well. Thank I, you kindly. I just loved it. Did you, like, it, it, as a quilt, it's, it's stunning. Did you start painting um, in that style before you started quilting? So actually, I was sharing with Noreen, we had an opportunity for a conversation at the show, um, I didn't know I was an artist. I didn't draw. We've had a few of those. I, did, I didn't do anything what I would call artistic. I did a lot of craft. I was mm-hmm. always making things. 
uh, but I was a quilt maker, but doing traditional quilts. And I was just getting bored. I was only interested in the color, and then I wasn't so interested in putting them together. I love traditional quilts, but they weren't for me to make. And I happened upon a class with Nancy Crow in Ohio, master artist Nancy Crow, in 2011, and it totally transformed my life. And I remember leaving there. It was a one-week course at the time. And I had this epiphany that, oh, my goodness, this is something I need to be doing. It just, something broke inside of me, broke out of me, thanks to her. That, that is so cool. Changed you, could, my life. you could call yourself a master artist now from the looks of your work. Well, I appreciate that. I have taken her master composition class, so mm-hmm. that That's may the peak, qualify isn't it? Me. Uh, advanced, super advanced or something. It's one of her final highest level courses, yeah, and you have to be accepted in to to study with her at that level. I just wanted to mention who she was. I, I read a little bit about the history of art quilts, actually. Uh, Nancy Crow of Francoise Barnes and Virginia Randalls organized the first quilt national exhibition at the Dairy Barn in Athens, Ohio. In 1979, the creation of this biennial juried exhibition of contemporary quilt art was a watershed moment. Can you imagine being a watershed moment person? (laughs) Uh, And and in so many ways, she has transformed art quilts. Mm -hmm. Art quilting appreciated as a contemporary art form. I've never seen anything like it. It's really quite different. Well, an art quilt is not a coverlet, a bed covering. How has quilting been evolving, would you say, from the traditional bed covering quilts that you might have started with to contemporary art quilt making? Well, I think part of the difference is that the origin of quilting, as you would know, is a necessity. So to keep your family warm, you take your scraps and you never waste anything. And there's a great deal of beauty in all of those quilts. And you can tell that women and most quilt makers were women um, actually made beautiful things despite all of the conditions they were working under. But as quilting evolved and fabric became more available, and then the introduction of what's called a rotary cutter, which is like a big pizza wheel that you can cut your fabric with, it just transformed the way people could work with fabric. And as I joked with my mom when this started, oh, I might actually finish a quilt in my lifetime. (laughs) So I think it became acceptable to make quilts by machine. And it took a long time before quilting them by machine was acceptable. But that it used to be a very, very much a community thing, didn't it? Beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. community thing, and it mm-hmm. still is in in mm-hmm. many places. And I enjoy hand quilting, and I I did a fair amount of quilting around the frames when I was younger uh, mm-hmm. with my mom. But now it's become a solitary art form for me. How does the tactile nature of cloth resonate with people? Well, it's right out of the womb, it's pretty much the first thing, isn't it? We get wrapped in cloth. And I, I feel it's this strange thing that I do when I hang my quilts and then immediately put up a sign that says, do not touch. I was just going to say, you don't want people <laughs> touching it, but I'm sure people want to. Yes. yes. It's the drape of the fabric and the the way that it moves and the way that it interacts with other fabric and the texture that you get when you quilt which changes the look and I think it's it's something that most people are very drawn to. I'm drawn to the abstract um, and the bright colors that you I highly recommend anyone who's listening to go and see this show it just looks amazing. It's on till the 13th at the Chapel Gallery in Bracebridge 13th of May 
Um, I think it's a wonderful show myself. Um, I wanted to ask you also, I, I was taken by this, you know, strength of it, the energy in it. And I read somewhere this is wall power. Have you heard that expression before? I have not, but I like that. <laughs> and, yeah. and how do you, what do you think it is that makes it stay in your, your head and that, you know, do you have some sense of why that would be? Is it the angles? Is it the, it's a composition, I imagine. Well, I'm pleased that it stays in your head. Um, I certainly hoped that when people walked into the gallery that they would be hit by a feeling of power and color. Mm -hmm. uh, my work is very graphic, so I think that probably draws you in. Isn't that more challenging, too, in terms of angles and corners and sharp points and things? <laughs> well, I work improvisationally, so I will say the engineering of my work is quite challenging. Uh, but I've learned how to manage that. Um, no, so there's no drawings ahead of time. It's just there's no drawings. Mm -hmm. There's no rulers. I have a pin wall, so I I cut my fabric freehand, and then I stick it up on the wall, and I have ideas, mm -hmm. and then I take pictures as I go, and I look back and I decide whether it's working or it's not working, and I adjust. So there's a lot of fabric that ends up in the to be donated file pile. Okay. Uh, and I just, once I get an idea that I really like, then I like to work in a series. So there are two series in this show. My structure series, which is more angular, more straight lines, although not cut with a ruler, which are based on falling down barns. And then the other series is my shenanigans series, which is more playful uh, characters just having fun. I think this is a good moment. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back with Dale Tomlinson and talk more about art quilts and the show that's on now on Chapel Gallery called Seams of Expression. We'll be right back. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. We're back on Arts R Us. I'm Noreen Mitchell with my co-host Karen Cassian, and we're pleased to have in the studio Dale Tomlinson, who's been talking to us about her process and the making of her series, two series that she has on currently on display. And I was wondering uh, about those series. You mentioned one is structures and one is characters, right? So when do you decide the title? Before you begin or as you're working? In my case, after. As, as I'm working, and sometimes not until I've done several pieces. So the Shenanigans series didn't get a name until I'd probably done three of it's them. It's a great name. I love that name. Do you use a serger or just a sewing machine? Just a sewing machine. Okay. For, for the piecing. Okay. Yeah. And I think you should men maybe mention about the final finishing of the, of the quilting part itself. Yeah, so the definition of a quilt is it's three layers that get held together by stitch. And my my pieces are all machine quilted on what's called a long arm machine. And this is not something I do myself. I don't have the skill set for it. I have had the privilege of working with two different really masterful quilters uh, in the works that are in this show. And it's uh, 
it's a skill into itself and it's a very expensive endeavor to get into to even buy the machines and then the years of practice to learn to use them so my my quilts are very intensely quilted it's my decision how they are quilted and then it's wonderful when you find a quilter who understands what you're talking about because to some degree they have to interpret what i'm saying if it's not just straight lines there are a number of quilts that are more complicated in their quilting and the women that did them for me were just extraordinary to work with. And they're here, were they in Bracebridge or somewhere? Uh, uh, one woman was outside of Ottawa. Sadly, mm-hmm. she's passed away, the late Jan Kittle. And the other woman who did most of the pieces in this show is actually in Michigan. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're fabulous altogether, the end. And then there's the handwork as well. Yes. The finishing. Yes. So you do that. I do that. And, and that's the slogging part. <laughs> It's very meticulous. Yeah, tell us about the finishing. What does that involve? So once the quilt is quilted, you end up with the edges all being raw edges. So that quilt gets faced, a facing gets attached by machine, but that is then hand-stitched onto the back because you don't want any of the stitching to come through to the front. And then there's a hanging sleeve that gets stitched by hand onto the top of the quilt for the hanging slat to go through. It took me about three days, I believe, to do one of the big quilts, the finishing. And that doesn't count the hours where a friend of my dear friend and I were working with a large table and laser beams to get them square. Wow. So yeah. you use mostly solid colored cloth. I do. I have seen a couple of pieces of patterned fabric. Um, why is that? I love pattern fabric, but pattern fabric's not in my voice. So actually, I've taken one course to learn to do surface design so I can make my own patterned cloth, but I don't have the space to do that right now. So I am hoping that I can find a studio that I can rent and knock out a fair amount of pattern fabric and incorporate that into my work. Is it all cotton? It's all cotton. Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought as much. Uh, have you thought about dyeing it yourself? I've also taken a course to learn <laughs> to, to dye fabric. So mm-hmm. I have probably between 800 and 1,000 colors of commercial solids, and it's not enough. <laughs> and it's, I just need to be able to do my own color. So I have taken that class. And again, it's an issue of time and space, but it's definitely in my near future. It's fascinating to dye a cloth. Do you, do you use berries and natural fat? Uh, in this case, I'll, right now I'll be using, the, how I've learned to dye is with Procyon chemical dyes. Okay. Um, the range of color that you can get is incredible, but I'm very drawn to natural dyeing. Mm-hmm. So that, that may happen in the future. My mom used to dye her own wool when she uh, made rug hook, uh, made rugs, rug hooking, traditional mm-hmm. rug hooking. So I, I have a small amount of knowledge, but not enough to, not enough okay. to replace my commercial fabrics with a thousand or more colors. Does the planning begin with color? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's a color story. It's a, it's absolutely starts with color. Yes. And you mentioned that your, your series are based on at least one of them structures. So are you always looking around and thinking structures and I'm always observing, certainly, and I started carrying a camera soon after I started studying with Nancy Crow. That's something that she encouraged me to do. And I walk a lot. And walking, of course, has that lovely slowness to it so that you can observe what's going around. 
going on around you and the shapes and things. And it's fun because my sister's a wildlife photographer, so she's trying to catch motion. And I would prefer to take a picture of a dilapidated building and Mm -hmm. every angle and shadow. And that's what I'm drawn to. Do you use any digital technology uh, in terms of making the quilts? I don't. And pattern making or anything like that? No. And so you do you, you must cut patterns first, right? No. Like from no, no, I don't. No, oh, <laughs> that sure takes away a lot. <laughs> no. I take this, I cut a shape, I cut the next shape, they go up on the wall, and then that's when the engineering starts. And I have engineered myself into some corners that I couldn't get out of and abandoned a few pieces. But as I learned more how to think ahead. I have have actually had to modify my designs a little bit in order for them to actually be possible okay. <laughs> to put together. And while so. you're doing that, do you have your next idea design in mind while you're... Yeah, sometimes I have too much going too on much, yes. yeah, in my head. It's hard to focus on finishing the one that's in front of me. Okay. So you only started this uh, journey as a full-time artist a few years ago. Yes, I studied uh, my first class with Nancy was in 2011, and that was hard to do the practicing because I was working full-time in a very demanding corporate job. Um, I became a full-time textile artist uh, five, four years ago, five years ago, quit my paying job. And why, why, was it time? why was it time for you then? It was time because I was coming up to 55 and I had just been through a journey with cancer and that makes you step back and take a look at what's important to you. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I could not advance my art while I was carrying on in this very demanding job. It was a job that I was proud of and I like to think I was good at it, but it was becoming more and more and more technical and I'm a creative person. I was going to say it kills creativity, that sort of thing, doesn't it? It can. There's a different type of creativity. There was a lot of problem solving, but not the maker's creativity Mm -hmm. that, that I so I found I just had to have in my life. In one of the notes you sent us, it's never too late to find your passion and pursue it. Yes. I agree. Is that what guided you at that moment? Yes. Yes. Actually, going back, as I can go on for hours about Nancy Crow, it was wonderful to be surrounded by about mostly women, but not all, about 20 women in each of her classes, many of whom were coming to this later in life, many of who had not studied art as I had not studied art. But the passion that they found just drove them and drove them. And um, a lot of lives have been changed very significantly by this force of nature, Nancy Crow. And you, you must have had the creative process happening from a young age. Was your family, were they creative? It sounds like. My mom's an yeah. artist. Mm-hmm. So I grew up, she was always making something. She did oil painting, china painting, rug cooking. And were she, you inspired to do things along with? Yes. Mm-hmm. And she, she is the reason I'm a, a fabricaholic. <laughs> um, we used to go and stroke fabrics in the local fabric store. I think Aww. they worried about us at times. I, I relate to this. Yeah. <laughs> and she had a quite an impressive stash of uh, fabric. Uh, she made a lot of our clothes when we My were My mom young. did too. And yeah. I was going to say piles of fabric. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's called a stash. It is stash. called a stash. Oh, it is, it is, it's your palette. You have, yes, well, it's now true. it's my palette. Mm-hmm. I have to have a lot to draw from. I have my yeah. mom's quilts on two of my beds at Lovely. home. Lovely. Mm-hmm. 
I'd like to you to have a moment to talk about your future plans or projects, and that includes Color Improvis- Improvisations 3. Yes, so I have the privilege of having a quilt juried, uh, curated into a show that Nancy Crow is, has curated. This is the third of a series she started in, I believe it was 2010, with her first Color Improvisations, which was in Stuttgart, Germany. And she's had another one since. Uh, that one was in Neumünster, also in Germany, at the Textile Museum. And this is her third. And I have a piece that's 80 by 80 that she's accepted that's ready to be finished and then will be delivered in the summertime for a show that opens in March of next year. It will be touring Europe and we're oh, hoping North America. I don't have the details yet for that. So that's that's part of what's coming down the road. That's, that's exciting. A, a big one for me. Mm-hmm. And I'll be back at the barn for a month of study in October. Is that a retreat? Well, it's called a retreat. Mm-hmm. And those of us who have been there laugh at the idea because you, you read the advertisement for it and it's a hundred acre farm. You can walk around the farm as much as you want. There's a chef that cooks beautiful meals, lunch and dinner, classes from nine to 12 and two to five. So you, it's called a retreat. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know what you're really getting into, surprise, because <laughs> you show up and it's here's your timed exercises, 20 people madly sewing until 10 o'clock at night, trying to get the exercises done and running from the studio into lunch and running back to get to work. And it's um, it's worth every minute of it, but it is by no means a retreat in the sense <laughs> of relaxing. It's a retreat in that is 100 percent dedicated. F- time. It's dedicated time. No cell phones. No distractions, being surrounded by like-minded people. It's the creative process. Oh, is it's flowing, is it? It's unbelievably f- fabulous. That's and the cool. space. Where that, is that? Though, it's before? in Ohio, okay. outside of Columbus, and cool. near Baltimore. Well, this has been fabulous, and I think mm-hmm. we're going to entice people to go and see your show. That's the way they can find out more about you, because you express yourself through your quilts. And we'll say again, it's Seams of Expression exhibition on at Chapel Gallery, April 28th to May 13th of 2023. And what are the hours of the Chapel Gallery? Tuesday to Saturday, 11 to 4. Okay. Thank you. Well, that's great. Are you on any social media platforms or anything that people should I do have an Instagram account, which is Art Color Quilts. Color with a U. Spelt with a U. (laughs) The Canadian way. The Canadian way. (laughs) Thank you so much, Dale, yes, for thanks coming in. Thank us. you. It was really interesting. I appreciate your interest. Thank you so much. Well, Karen, we're going to talk about some of the things that are going on around Huntsville. Would you like to begin? Yes. Well, the Huntsville Festival of the Arts has put out their summer programming for 2023, and I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm not going to mention it all because there's, I think, 30 entertainers coming. But uh, June 1st to the 30th is the Huntsville Art Crawl, and that's um, a collaboration between downtown businesses in Huntsville and artists. Um, June 12th to the 17th. Tom Thompson canoe murals will be painted in River Mill Park, and that's led by Jerry Lantain. Um, and seven more canoes will be painted. Uh, they'll be part of the Algonquin uh, Paddle exhibit. Art auction. Art auction, yes. June 16th, the Dream Boats are coming, rock and roll from the 50s and 60s. These, these are uh, at the Algonquin Theatre. June 22nd, Alex Kuba. Uh, June 24th, En Plein Air, and that's out side at River Mill Park, June 29th, 
Misha Bruger Gossman Lee. She's fabulous. That's quite a name. She is. I've seen her myself. Mm -hmm. Me too. June 30th, Stephen Lee Olson, a Grammy-nominated country star. July 6th, Lighthouse. And I can go on. I'm going to see Gina Horsewoods uh, singing Adele, and that's at uh, Trinity Church in downtown Huntsville. The Barra McNeils, Tim Baker, and I'll save some for next week. <laughs> it's going to be a good lineup. I'm going to talk a bit about the visual arts and maybe a couple other things uh, Gravenhurst related because we don't often talk about Gravenhurst when I get to that. But anyway, uh, right now, the art that's on in Partners Hall is called Joy of Nature by artist Cheryl Hamel. And uh, she'll have a Meet the Artist on May 10th from 4 to 6 p.m. I'm not sure who's at hospice because I'm confused, but you're going to help. Marilyn Smith, apparently, but uh, uh, yes. Okay. At Hospice Huntsville, mm -hmm. Marilyn Smith will be showing her work for the next two months, May and June. At the um, Huntsville Library, Dawn Huddlestone is showing her cyanotypes. I've raved about those before, and that's for the month of May. And Huntsville Art Society members are in a show in the Art Atrium at the Canada Summit Centre, and that's called Colors of Our Soul. And that's on until July 4th, so there's a bit of time to get there. Uh, the Riverside Art Gallery, which is some, a venture, it's sort of a culmination of something the Huntsville Art Society um, workshops will have culminated in this show with the students of Riverside, and that art gala is on May 11th. And they're inviting the entire community to come and see the work of their students. And it's related to the seven grandfather teachings. An open uh, call right now is still on for, um, a, it will happen at Chapel Gallery in October, but it's a, a venture of the YWCA Muskoka, and it's called Women Create. So all of the women artists of Muskoka are invited to answer the call. The deadline is July 31st. And if you go to ywcamuskoka.com, you'll find out more. We mentioned, but we'll repeat saying, Seams of Expression is on in the Chapel Gallery until the 13th of May. Um, in Gravenhurst, they're having a print day on May 6th, which may or may not be after this is uh, aired. But anyway, Pat Whittle is going to teach a jelly print workshop celebrating print day. I didn't know. It's an annual global celebration on the first Saturday in May and is open to all. So that sounds interesting. And also, um, Gravenhurst is trying to resurrect an autumn tour. So I, this is a plan ahead thing. They're looking for the interest. So people that want to find out about more, I think it's through the town of Gravenhurst itself. Um, but it's, uh, it's planned for ha taking place on September 30th and October 1st. And they'd like to make it an annual thing because there is no longer a Muskoka Autumn Studio Tour. So they're trying a little venture closer to their home. And also in Gravenhurst is the Opera House. I just want to remind people there's lots of good things happening there. And uh, a couple things uh, this uh, weekend, uh, Silver Bullet Experience, um, which is, of course, homage to the Bob Seeger and his band. And then uh, country western singer Jason McCoy on Friday, June 9th. And the Elderberries Choir of Gravenhurst, who I know are very uh, longstanding. Uh, anniversary is 30 years. And they're called, their show is called Sing with Jubilation. And I think that's it, pretty much. Did you mention the um, Huntsville Art Society members shown Partners Hall for June, which is part of the art crawl? I did not, but um, I thought you did. <laughs> no, I didn't. I mentioned the art crawl, but uh, there is a member show, and that will be in Partners Hall, and it will be part of the, there's tours during the art crawl all throughout June, and that'll be part of it. And that's called World of Wonder. Mm -hmm. So, and enjoy art everywhere. Look for beauty. There's only one Hunter's Bay Radio. We are Muskoka. Muskoka.